Is there a, a key to success in life? You hear folks talk about that. You see a lot of uh, books written about that. Is there a key to success in life? If you want to have the best marriage, if, if you want to have the best home, the absolute best home, if you want to raise the best kids, if, if you want to have the best work life and, bur- and best, most fulfilling career, is there actually a key to success in life? Is, is that a thing is that just a bunch of crazy talk? Is there actually a thing or, or, or such a thing as, as a key to having success in life? Is that a thing? Today, as, as we move on in our studying the life of Joshua, uh, we started last week as we're going to move on in that study. Uh, as we do, I believe we're going to see very clearly that God tells Joshua. And then for us, as we read the account, he's going to tell us as well, What is required for success in life? And so, yes, I believe there is a key to have a successful life. And I believe we're going to see today in our verses applied to Joshua and through Joshua to us, the key, the requirement for us to have success in our life. If you remember last week when we started, we saw that that Joshua as a young man trusted God. He He had tremendous faith in God. He was one of the 12 spies that was sent out to survey the promised land. He comes back and he's actually uh, just one of two spies that gives the report that, you know what, there are dangerous things in the land. There's some issues in the land. There's some big people or enemies in the land. But he, but he shows his trust in God, his faith in God, by remembering who God is. And he knew who God was. And, and not only that, remembering what God had done and, and all the, the many things in the Exodus account, he remembers that God is faithful. He remembers that God is powerful. And he shows this great trust and faith in God. Now, since that event, we're going to jump ahead quite a bit. He has served as a close servant or a close aide to Moses. Over these years, he fought some battles. He's done some things. But he served as a close aide to Moses. Forty years later, this is where we're at, as they've now traveled through the wilderness those 40 years, he has consistently shown faithfulness to God. And so here's this guy. He was faithful as a young man. He knew who God was as a young man. And now all of these years later, they're standing on the edge of the promised land. And that's where we're finding him today. Here he is, and they're on the edge of the promised land. And that's where our verses start today. Today, I'm going to be in Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, and we're going to look at the first nine verses. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and I'll just walk us through the verses. Here here it goes, starting in verse 1. Now, it came about after the death of Moses that the servant of the Lord, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying... Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, and then verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Now, very quickly today, we need to see that it is a big deal that Moses has died. Understand that. We read that and we think, well, that's just part of what's going on. Be sure and understand, for those people, for the nation of Israel, that is a huge thing. He was God's leader. 
Moses was God's leader. He was the only leader that this new generation had ever known. And so when they thought about the leader of God, they thought of Moses. He was the voice of God. Now think about that for a second. He was the one that brought God's word to them. If they were going to hear from God, they were going to hear it from Moses. And so he is the voice of God for them. He's the one that brings God's word to them. And so here is their leader, a trusted leader, the only leader the whole generation had ever known, and he gave them stability. Whatever trouble we find ourselves in, whatever situation we find ourselves in, we know Moses is the leader. There's stability in that. They also take peace in that. Whatever the situation, this is God's leader who speaks the word of God. They could trust in Moses that we have our leader. And so it is a big deal that he has now died. The Bible says when you read the account that the nation mourned, the nation, all of the nation grieved the death of Moses. The leaders of the nation, they, they wept. When you, when you read the event where God placed Joshua as the new leader, Moses calls him in and they go to the tent of meeting and God meets them there. When you read of that event, it wasn't a celebration. It wasn't like the crowning of a king. It wasn't like an ordination of a king, but really, rather it was a somber event. It is a huge deal. Moses has died. Now I think about that for just a second. Can you imagine on the day when the, the word starts to spread, Moses has died. And somebody else goes over the next 10 and says, you know what? Have you heard the news? Moses has died. And somebody else says, you know what? I was talking over there and, and, and the word, the truth is Moses has died. And it starts to spread over the nation. Our leader is no more. Our leader has died. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. Verse 3, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Listen to the language. I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. See this today in just those three verses. God is faithful. God is trustworthy. God keeps his promises. And we need to understand his plan doesn't end at a funeral. I watch today, sometimes you'll watch a church or you'll watch a people and they'll say, you know what? Oh, our, our leader has died or we, we don't have the leader we once had in this church or our, our beloved pastor has died. And because of that, our, our direction has died. Because of that, our hope has died as well. I want you to understand God is faithful. God is trustworthy and his plan moves forward. It doesn't stop with a funeral. You know what the great leader, the Bible says there was none after him like Moses. He has died, but God is faithful. God is trustworthy and his plan moves forward. Verse four. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. God tells Joshua, here is the promised land. As far as you can see, the land that was 
promised all the way back to Abraham. Remember, he tells Abraham, you will be a people. Not only that, you will have a, a land. And he says, I will, I will give you this land. The promise was that, that God would give them the land. Well, now Joshua stands and, they, and he sees the promised land. From where he stands there in the wilderness, that's what it says. Here we are on the edge of the wilderness. It's behind us. As far as we can see to the horizon, the setting of the sun, he sees the promised land. And there they stand on the edge of the promised land. Now in verse 5, God makes some promises to Joshua. Verse 5 says this. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Verse five, God makes three promises to Joshua. And I I want you to think how, how huge that has to be. God makes the promises to Joshua. God himself says, you know what? Here's the promise to you, Joshua. And he makes these three promises. The first one is this. God says to Joshua, you will have success. His first promise is you will have success. He says, no man will stand before you All the days of your life, no man, no king, no army is going to stop you. God tells tells Joshua, you will have success. The promise of God, you will have success. Second promise, God says, I will be with you. Here's the promise, I will be with you. He says, just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. God, God says, my presence We'll be with you. Now, what a, what a tremendous thing that is. You know what? We're going to go into the promised land. We've got a bunch of things to do. We're going to listen to you, but God's not going to be far off. God's not going to be somewhere perched on a hill watching how it plays out. God says to Joshua, I will be with you. His presence is promised. And then God says this, the third promise, you can depend on me. You can depend on me. God says, I will not fail you or forsake you. God's promise to Joshua, Joshua, I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Now that means he's not going to let him down. He's not going to get him somewhere in there and leave him. He's not going to give him over and say, you know what, I've had enough. I'm going to give you over. He's not going to turn against him. He says he's not going to leave him. He's not going to forsake him. He says, Joshua, listen very closely you can depend on me. You know what? I'm going to be with you. Joshua, you can depend on me. And so in verse five, God gives these three promises to Joshua. Now moving to the next verses, he instructs Joshua. He tells Joshua now what's going to be required of him. Now, I think sometimes we might be tempted to say, well, just bank on the promises, go with the promises, but it doesn't end there. He tells him what's going to be required of him. Verse 6 says this Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Listen to verse 6 again. His command is direction to Joshua Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers. To give them. He tells Joshua, Joshua, what's required of you is that you would be strong and courageous. Now, strong in the Hebrew, you go look up that word, the the original language, it means resolute. 
It means unbending. It means unwavering. Joshua, be resolute. Joshua, be unbending. Don't don't bend. Do not waver. Be unwavering. You're going to have to be strong. Then he says, be courageous. Now, courageous is an interesting word. It means bold. It means actually full of courage. It is confident. But I want you to see this about courageous. It is more than an attitude. It is acting on the attitude. Now, now stay with me and see this. You can have courage. We can sit here and we can talk big all day long. We can have courage. Say, well, I'm not scared of that and I'm not scared of this. We can have courage. But it is an altogether thing to actually walk out and do something in courage that is called being courageous. So he doesn't say have an attitude of courage. He says, Joshua, you're going to have to walk it out. You're going to have to act in courage and you're going to have to be courageous. And so he says, be strong, be courageous. And here's why. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now I want you to notice something here and it's something we saw in Moses as well. Joshua is going to take them. Joshua is going to lead them, but we need to be very sure it is God who is going to empower it. It is God who is going to do it. Now we see here, you know what, Joshua, you're the leader. Joshua, I've called you. Joshua, you're going to lead these people into this promised land, but also understand it is God who's going to empower it. It is God who's going to do it. Now I was thinking about that. Remember last week when we first were introduced to Joshua, it said his name was Hoshea. Remember that? His name was Hoshea. And Moses, when he calls him, he says, you know what? He's going to get the leaders of the tribes of Israel and they're going to go survey the land. It says that Moses changes his name to Joshua. Hoshea means delivers, delivers. All of those years earlier, Moses changed his name. Hoshea means delivers. Yah, Hoshea, Yeshua is the name Joshua. He changes his name to Yah, Hoshea, Yeshua, Joshua. Here's what that literally translates. God delivers. God delivers. You see, here's the deal. Hoshea, you're going to lead them. But God's going to deliver him. Joshua is his name. All those many years before, God is the one that's going to deliver. Hoshea, the son of Nun, yes, you'll be the one to lead him. But Joshua, God himself, is going to deliver these people. Well, if God's going to deliver them, now listen, it's going to get important. If God is going to use Joshua, God's going to deliver him, but he's going to use Joshua. It is going to require of Joshua that he will be strong and that he would be courageous. Now, I want you to stay with me. How is he going to need to be strong? This is where this thing starts to be, become pretty profound. Where is he going to need to be courageous? Is he going to be in the battlefield? Is it going to be as he leads them into these armies? Where will he need to be strong? Where will he need to be courageous? Verse 7. He's going to clarify it. Only be strong and very courageous. Walk it. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, has commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right 
or to the left, listen, so that you, you may have success wherever you go. Here, here's what verse seven says. You have to stick with the word of God. Where is he going to be strong? Where is he going to be courageous? It's going to be sticking to the word of God. Now I want you to put all that together now. He's going to have to be strong and unbending. He's going to have to be resolute. He's going to have to be unwavering when it comes to the word of God. Do you see that? That's what that's saying. That's what verse seven is clarifying. He's going to have to be unbending. You cannot bend when it comes to the word of God. He's going to have to be courageous. He's not going to be able just to have an attitude of courage. He's actually going to have to carry it out. That's what it means. When it comes to the word of God, he's going to have to be resolute. He's not going to be able to bend. He's not going to be able to shrink back. And he's actually going to have to walk it out. Not one degree to the left can he go. Not one degree to the right can he go. He's going to have to walk out the word of God so that you may have success wherever you go. Notice this. There's no military strategy here. Did you notice that? Well, they're going into a land where there's, there's, there's tribe after tribe after tribe of enemies. There's no battle plan here. He doesn't say, here's the battle plan. There's no, there's no call or no command for the formation of an army. He doesn't say, here's how you're going to put the army together. I want you to listen very carefully. Listen to this very carefully. Success from God will be exactly tied to obedience to God. That's, that's dadgum tremendous. That's huge. Listen to that again. Success from God will be exactly tied to obedience to God. I, I want us to get this. This is, a, this is a heavy thing. I want you to get this. There is not success, and hear my words, they're important, in the grace of God. That, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? There's not success in the grace of God. Now, here's the thing. We act like we can sin we act like we can disobey God. We act like we can do what we want to do when we want to do it. And then we can come and we can, we can come up to the grace of God and say, you know what, God, I, I need success anyway. And I want, I want your favor and I want your success anyway. And we act like we're going to find success in the grace of God. Friends, I want you to listen to me very carefully. There is salvation in the grace of God. There is forgiveness in the grace of God. There is God's kindness shown to us in the grace of God. But you listen, but there is only success in obedience to God. Dad gum, that's huge. Well, I'll live the way I want to do. I'll act the way I want to act. And I'll come along and say, God, I want success in my home. I don't care what you've said here. I want success. Listen, there's not success in the grace of God. There's only success in obedience to God. To God. That's his formula. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Do you see how huge this is? You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Here's what God says. You're going to have to do what I say. You're going to have to do what I say. Exactly, fully, quickly, you're going to have to do what I say. And then in obedience, your way will be prosperous 
and you will have success. Let me, let me tell you something that we don't, we don't really understand today, and that's this. Today in God's word, do you know he directs us in our finances? Well, don't I need to go to an expert for that? Listen, he directs us in our finances. God in his word directs us in our relationships. He tells us how to be a spouse. He tells us how to be a husband. He tells us what he commands there. He tells us how to operate in our home. In his word, he directs us in our relationships. In his word, he directs us in our work life. Not some boss, not somebody that's a counselor in that. In his word, he tells us how to work. In his word, he directs us in all these areas of our life. And success is found in obedience, full obedience, exact obedience to the word of God. Now, let me, let me tell you what that means. How do you overcome sin? It's by obedience to God. You ask him to forgive you, you ask him for the power to repent, and then you walk in obedience to God. How do you beat an addiction? Well, isn't that something different? Isn't that a harder thing? Listen, you beat addiction the same way in obedience to God. There's no magic pill. You do it in obedience to God. How, how do you have a life that honors God? All the places that you go, it's done in obedience to God. Success is found in obedience to God. He directs us in his word. And when we hear it, we walk in obedience. Think about some of the crazy things that are going to happen. We're going to talk about this in the coming weeks. Hey, inside this city, there's a fortified city, and there's a great wall. And inside this city, there are some fighting men, and there's an army in there. But you know what? You're not going to take weapons. You're going to go, and you're going to, you're going to take these horns and these pots, and like really a bunch of clowns, you're going to walk around this city. Well, I don't think that sounds like a good plan. I think we're going to get slaughtered. I think I can hear him laughing from the top of the wall. Listen, you're going to have to do it in obedience and there'll be success in obedience and you don't turn to the left and you don't turn to the right and that's established up here before they ever go into the promised land. Success comes in obedience. Well, with that settled, with that sure and with that nailed down, we go to verse nine. God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Listen, has he not commanded us? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How am I going to live in 2019? How am I going to live in this crud? How am I going to survive in this mess? Have I not commanded you? Do not be dismayed. There is success in obedience. Here's the crazy thing about Joshua. He doesn't make him a leader hoping that he'll walk in obedience and faith. Sometimes we come along and I just watch. We'll say, you know what? If we make them a leader, I bet they'll start to shape up. You know what? If we'll make them a deacon, maybe they'll be faithful and trustworthy in that spot. And we'll, make them, we'll make them a, give them a position and hope that there'll be great faith come out. That's not how this works. He walked in faith and obedience as a young man. He walked in faith and obedience when 10 people swore against him. He walked in faith and obedience when a whole nation picked up stones to kill him. He walked in, in obedience and faith when he was a middle-aged man. And now that he's an older man, God makes him the leader. There is success in obedience. So here's our question. So where does grace fit into that? So what if you have messed up? So what if you haven't walked in obedience? And what if you're sitting here saying, well, I, I, I've messed some stuff up and I'm not talking about several areas. I'm talking about a whole bunch of areas. 
What do, you, what do you do if you can't say, no, I'm not like Joshua. I haven't done these things in obedience. Friend, you turn to Jesus. You turn to Jesus. He forgives, he restores, he renews, he forgets, and he recommissions. For us as sinners who haven't walked in full obedience, we turn to Jesus. Praise the Lord for the grace of God. Success results in obedience. But where we failed in obedience, we turn to Jesus. He forgives, he restores, he renews, and we turn, we walk with our Savior. Praise the Lord for the commands of God's word, but praise the Lord for a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm thankful for the, the truth of your word. And I praise we're here as there, we're, we're men and we're all ages. There's young men and, and, and even some boys here and some older men and some retired men and some, some guys that are working, all of us here today. Lord, help us to understand that you're not trying to beat us up. You're not trying to, to set some legalistic set of rules that's gonna crush us. You actually have for us the best way to live. Help us to obey. Help us to hear. Help us to take your word and meditate it on the morning and in the, and in the evening. Help us to talk about it. Help us to consider you and your commands in the course of our life. Bless us in that. I pray for homes that would change because of that. Kids that will be raised differently because of that. Men that will serve differently because of that. But then, Lord, where we've messed up already, forgive us in Christ. Renew us in Christ. Restore us in Christ. And let us walk again. Now in the righteousness of Christ, but let us walk in obedience. Lord, I'm thankful for your commands. And I'm thankful for your grace. And I'm thankful for my Savior, my Lord, Jesus Christ. Bless us, use us, be glorified through us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.